coming up on another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. I was joined by Jake Holub, Caden Foley, and for the first half of this podcast, Jack Twohill, who unfortunately had some technical difficulties, as you'll notice, uh, in the podcast and dropped out um, probably halfway through. But the four of us um, did a condensed, condensed, sorry, uh, version of the podcast. So probably clocking in only about just over an hour or so for this podcast, which is, you know, uh, much less than our usual, you know, uh, two, two and a half that we're usually going for on these podcasts, um, mainly due to, yeah, um, kind of the nature of having a Monday night game in the A-League and trying to record a podcast uh, on a Monday night at, you know, uh, nine o'clock. So, yeah, uh, bear with us. So, this is, <laughs> you know, a bit more of a chaotic version of the podcast than uh, probably has been in, in recent weeks. But still still some good stuff, I think, uh, for, for the listeners, uh, you guys to, you know, um, yeah, take something from it because what we did talk about was Alex Polson was was a main discussion point in this podcast and just his incredible form and incredible rise um, so far this season. It's just been incredible to witness. Um, and yeah, we spoke about him, his ceiling, just in A-League terms at the moment, you know, how he compares to other goalkeepers, where his career could lead him and, 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 and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and a bit of statistical kind of deep dive as well, uh, because some of the stats behind his performances actually are quite incredible at the moment uh, as well. Then, um, such as the chaotic nature of the podcast, we thought we would just delve into probably the chaotic part of the round uh, <laughs> in, in Sydney FC and Perth Glory's three-and-a-half-hour football match uh, on Saturday. So we kind of did something a little bit different and a little bit of a funnier, I guess, discussion uh, into, you know, all the ins and outs of, of the Paramount Plus coverage, I guess, of, of those three and a half hours. And, uh, you know, we got American fans uh, popping out out of nowhere and, yeah, the Cove out in the rain with their shirts off. So all of that sort of uh, fun stuff that the A-League can bring from time to time. Did a little bit of a, you know, uh, discussion about uh, how, how the broadcast, I guess, filled the time uh, with, uh, with that delay going on. Um, and then also just briefly touching on all the games, uh, from the round because actually, yeah, in terms of goals, a lot of goals, uh, from, from the round indeed. There was two games, you know, delayed with lightning as well. So, so some crazy stuff. But, uh, without further ado, I'm your host, Christian Marchetti, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. It is <laughs> quite possibly the latest ever recording of the podcast in its history. It's currently quarter to 10 where I am in South Australia. And I've got three guys with me on the East Coast, which obviously means that it's quarter past 10 where they are. Um, so, yeah, rip rip um, us in the morning, I guess. Um, but, you know, that's this. this is why we do what we do because, you know, just got to stay up late on a Monday night and talk talk shenanigans and A-Liga. So, I'm joined by Jack Holub, Caden Foley, Jack Tuhill. Um, Boys, crazy weekend of A-League as it always is. Crazy for a few different reasons this weekend, whether it was lightning delays, goals, 
uh, insane goals, <laughs> not just a number of them, but some pretty insane ones as well. Um, let me start with Jake. How's uh, how did you see the weekend? Um, and how are you holding up at the moment? I've had a coffee. Um, I've had like a like like one of those kind of ice cream. You know that you know those boss. You guys know boss those uh like iced coffee thing. Yeah, yeah I've had one of those uh on the way um home. I've actually literally just got home about an hour ago from work as well. So yeah, I'm having an absolute mare at the moment. Um, but I'm 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 pumped. I'm ready to go. What about you? Uh quick shout out to Jordan Boss. Just reminded him he scored a great goal. I just love Jordan Boss. Sorry, I had to still put in. Anyways, uh yeah, no, I had um yeah, what what a round at the end of the day. Yeah, the the four the four three sort of result tipping it off, you know, what was a already a good week, you know, what a game it was. Just just absolute vibes at the end of the game, like like just no one just playing defense, just going for it. This is why we love this bloody league. But yeah, no, uh, look, I'm I'm a bit tired, but um as usual, I'm I'm always ready to chat. Uh, A League's football, so uh, yeah, let's, let's let's sort of see what we get into tonight. Listen, it could be two AM in the morning, and we're you know, and and if we need to record the pod, we would do it. Okay, simple. Yeah. Uh, although, why would why would there ever be a need to to record a pod at that time? Anyway, Caden, um, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm actually invigorated after watching that calamitous game that just happened. Uh, there was no defense, just vibes. But I'm here now. I'm ready to go. Ready to discuss it. Just, just both of you with the identical analysis of just vibes. Um, Jack, what about you? Um, yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, it looks like I think our host Christian Marchetti is trying to get on the um A League's referee Tinder that Perth Glory have been shipping out because we got a very in depth um you know sort of recollection of of your night and how's it going and your favourite iced coffee. Um, yeah, look, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to bring some flavor to the podcast. All right, it, so we gotta get we gotta get professional and personal buyers on here. You know, nothing is off limits in the should front I, page. Should, should I should I should I mention the Tartare story? The the Tartare story. Go for it, go for it. Do, yeah, Jack, do you know about the Tartare story? I was telling the guys off here. I don't know about the Tartare. All right, story. so as I was just saying, I've literally just come home from work about an hour or so ago. Right, I was delayed because at work I've gone and I've picked up the Tartare tub of all the Tartare sauce, I work at a pub. And the person, whoever used it before me, did not close the lid properly. So I've opened it and the Tartare's gone everywhere, including on my shoes. So that is why we're delayed and that is why we have not started until quarter to 10, Jack Tuhill. Well, there was a few pictures that looked like they had Tartare sauce all over them because there was a few slips and slides on the weekend. So I guess it kind of has relevance. I, I guess, I guess. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, let's stop talking about our personal lives. Um, so... <laughs> Right, A League, um, crazy, crazy stuff. Let's start with our talking points, as always, from from the weekend. So round six is now in the books, and uh, <laughs> you know, I said, I said last week in I think the intro to the podcast, I said, yeah, you know, I think maybe we're starting to get an idea of you know the picture uh, of how the season might play out. It's like, no, that, that's wrong. We, we, we have no, we have no fucking idea how the season's going to play out. Let's, let's be brutally honest at the moment. And every week is making this even more confusing. Jake, let's start with you. What were your three main talking points from the round? Yeah. So my first point was on Western United. Obviously have had a really tough start to the season, had a great win, obviously over Melbourne City. You know, I think it was, you know, me included. I was pretty optimistic of them. I think they looked you know, very, very good. But since then, five losses in a row. Three, you know, sort of in a row at Ballarat, which is just, just, it just seems like they're cursed there. 
I don't know, they just can't seem to really get a win there. It's unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it's 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 honestly looking a little a little bleak now. I've got a couple sort of uh tough weeks ahead of them, so it's gonna be very interesting to see. I don't know if we to make Brooklyn later, I don't know, but um but yeah, so I'm really interested to see what the sort of steps are there. Obviously John Aloisi, he's a coach I personally rate. I think he's a good coach, but you know, it is getting to that point there where, you know, obviously last season was calamitous and this season is sort of looking like it's heading in that direction again, perhaps. So unless they can really start to turn things around, I, I, I went to their press conference sort of for a pregame and they were sort of really harping on, you know, look, we're a new squad, we're building. And I, I, I do agree with that, you know, for a lot of teams, you know, like with such a big rebuild, it can take a lot of time to fit in, you know, these, these great pieces in attack. You know, Daniel Pinion, Nikita Rukovica, uh, you know, Riku Danzaki, there's a lot of attacking players there that are sort of never played before, so they're sort of all trying to fit together. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I won't harp on for them too long. Now it's uh, Alex Polson, which I, I think that's all I really need to say there. This this kid is a fucking alien. I'm sorry, like, he is unbelievable. <laughs> I, I've, I've sort of wrote here, like, this is one of the most <laughs> insane runs I've ever seen from a goalkeeper. Like, you know, I, I'd, I'd say apart from the Brisbane game where he conceded three, which I actually wouldn't say any of the goals were his fault, He's conceded no more than one goal. You know, he's only conceded two apart from that. Uh, kept multiple clean sheets, saving penalties. Like, what is going on? Like this, like, look, I, I know, you know, a lot of people from New South, um, sorry, New Zealand have read him for a long time. You know, I've sort of been, I haven't seen him a lot, so I hadn't really seen him, but I'm starting to get it now. This kid doesn't really seem to have a lot of flaws in his games. We'll have to see over the whole season as he is still, you know, 21 years old, but I think, yeah, I, I think I put it in the group chat just a couple of days ago, like, is this kid the second best, you know, sort of prospect in the league behind Nestor? Like, I really think he is. And I don't even think he's that far behind Nestor at this point. Like, he is... Whoa! Holy... F- oh, I, I make it a bit cool. This, this kid, I've never seen anything like it. So, we'll have to see. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, next week have an absolute calamitous performance and then sort of, you know, I look a bit of an idiot. But anyways, um, and then I certainly have Sydney versus Perth. I, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, I think. Um, what the, that, that was just like, I think we sort of say in the group chat again there, where it's like, it just felt like a like a simulation. It didn't feel real. I don't know what the hell was going on. The halftime sort of entertainment, shall we say? Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say about. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I think. Yeah. No. We, <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Um, yeah. Particularly some of the, I guess, the broadcast decisions that were made during <laughs> during during the delay. Um, all right, Jack. What about you? Uh, well, my three talking points, I'll start off with, uh, Wellington. Just, just a caveat with Jack. It's more Jack's three main points, uh, from the weekend because, <laughs> because he can't take anything seriously for longer than two minutes. Look, if I'm taking this podcast seriously at 10.25, my time on the East Coast, there's a huge problem with my brain not being able to shut down. Let's just put it that way. But my first talking point is, uh, Wellington proving front page football are frauds because, I don't, I don't know how many came out in support of Wellington, but they're currently undefeated, top of the table, with one of the best young prospects in the league, and what's looking like one of the like most professional teams. Like they're they're not, you know, scoring heaps and heaps of goals. They're not wiping teams off the floor, having you know seven goal thrillers every second week or whatnot. Although they did have an eight goal thriller against Brendan, and I'm mindful but of just, that. But just real quick, if Wellington keep this up. And make finals, maybe make a semi, two leg semi final. Is Matt Olson required to get on a podcast and publicly apologize to the Wellington fan base and Giancarlo Italiano? Is I, that I feel, a requirement? 
I feel like he needs to have a written apology. He needs to read it out live on the pod in the background. They have to play the New Zealand national anthem because it, it, at this point it's offensive. <laughs> but sorry to, sorry to hang Matt Olsen out the driver. <laughs> I, I love yeah, we, we, yeah, we said beforehand we wouldn't, but then I just thought, like, you know, come on, you have to ask that question. Yeah, you said it, it wasn't, but then HR overruled it. So, <laughs> so we don't have HR here. <laughs> but they're putting in a lot of professional performances and they're, you know, really looking like tactically they're outplaying teams without it looking like they're drumming them on the scoreline, mm. which is which is just odd to see. Um, my second talking point is MacArthur. If they make a deep finals run and no one's around to see it, did it actually happen? But <laughs> in all seriousness, their start to the season for me has been unbelievable com- comparison to where they were last season. I think they've got it absolutely right with their foreign um, recruitment in Valerie Germain. He- he's been absolutely fantastic. You know, he's been a crucial outlet for them, not just in terms of scoring goals, but being able to hold up the ball and being a part of the teams that are competing in Asia to be third when Melbourne City are struggling to put performances together in the league sitting at seventh and the Central Coast have been nowhere up until probably the last two games. It's it's actually, you know, credit to Stajowski and what he's been able to put together this season and how he's been able to, you know, use the pieces he has available to him. And uh, my my third big point was, was that the most electrifying round of A-League football we've ever seen? Um, because there certainly was uh, a lot of lightning going around in that league, and I'm sure we'll talk about, obviously. But, um... Yeah, 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 exactly. You can hear the crickets <laughs> outside the window now. They're going crazy for that one. <laughs> but we'll talk about um, the Daniel Garb Rebel Report, I suppose. Um, yeah, yeah, come on, save it, save it, save it, save it, save it, save it. We're going to... Daniel, Daniel, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if Daniel Garb was was hung out to dry by by the by Paramount and their producers. Yeah. Uh, hung out to dry, but um, uh. Jesus. Um. All right, Caden. Let's enough. <laughs> enough from Jack for a bit, Caden. What about you? Yeah. Well, my first point. I was think after watching my Western Sydney performance on the weekend, I feel like. Jarrett Hendricks is quickly becoming their one of their most important players. They, especially now with the departure of Brandon Barello, he's able to play multiple positions on the park. As we saw, he pulled on, pulled off a shift at centre back, which really mm. kept them in that game. Uh, and then my second point was Matthew Miller. He's been doing wonders at striker recently for MacArthur. He looks in one of the most informed strikers in the league, other than Bruno Fornaroli. And should Graham Arnold consider maybe taking him to Qatar in the next month? And then last but not least, I'm just going to follow on for what Jake said. Alex Paulson, player, uh, he's in such good, such good form. And I think if we see him performing like this consistently for the rest of the season, I don't think he'll be in the A-League for much longer. Mm. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Alex Paulson um in a moment because yeah, this kid's this kid's unreal. Um my points. So yeah, on the Wanderers, we spoke last week um about the Wanderers having these derby wins and failing to back them up. And what do you know? They failed to back it up. And well, Wanderers fans are, oh, but you know, great character that came from Tinel down. Look, the first half was a bomb an abomination. 
Um, tactically, they were completely outclassed. Um, and I know you could say, oh, look, they fell asleep for just two minutes. They conceded twice, but really it, it was coming for most of the half. Uh, Brisbane, Brisbane knew what they were going to do. And they executed on the Wanderers, had no answer in the first half. Good character, though, for sure, to come back. Um, and uh, yeah, good to see a player like Marcus Eunice come off the bench and contribute in the way he did as well. Uh, I'm going to agree with Jake about Western United. I don't know what's going on. There is some argument to say that, you know, they are creating enough and they are in these games that they are losing. They're very tight games, usually decided by a goal. Are they eventually going to revert to the mean and pick up a few wins, maybe go on a little bit of a run and everything will be okay? Not sure. But I would, you know, Jay, you said their season was a calamity last time around. They kind of, and, you know, it's almost like this could play out similarly where it started shocking last time around and they kind of brought it back in the second half of the season and almost snuck into the six. And if they don't snap out of this run of form soon, it, the season's kind of going to follow a similar trajectory outfield this time around too. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but I think, you know, Caden, you made a point as well. I saw where it's just like, you know, you look at that team on paper and it should be at least a fifth or sixth kind of team and around that mark. So yeah, they're, they're seriously underperforming at the moment. Um, and we're going to have to wait and see really whether they can start putting the ball in the back of the net because that's their main problem. And, um, we have to mention Bruno Fornaroli's unbelievable goal. Um, because that was literally to watch that live was absolutely incredible. Um, Franco Lino plays a decent ball up the line, you know, and you know, as a victory player, what Bruno Fornaroli can do as your teammate and how he can hold the ball up. But I mean, <laughs> this guy's 36. Holds the ball up literally near the touchline against Brian Kaltak, by the way, who's probably one of the best defenders in the league in a scenario like that because he is so physical. Holds it up. Little Meg. See you later. Then eventually creates separation. And also the finish. Like, the way he hit that was just so bizarre. Like, he kind of... It's almost like he... It's like a... It's like he's kind of chipped it like a golf shot. You know, and, and it's just kind of like nestled in the top corner. It was just, but it's just crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, from Bruno Fornaroli, and um, yeah, victory kind of needed it at, at that time as well in the game. So unbelievable stuff from him. All right, we are going to talk about Alex Paulson, like I mentioned though. Jake and Caden already started this conversation. Um, and after the Jane McLaren penalty save that he made, I think there was a debate which kind of started around is Alex Polson, you know, and maybe Joe Gauchi are these the two best keepers in the league? Like, is this guy rising to that level already where it's kind of like, you know, screw him being the best young keeper in the league. He literally might be the best keeper in the league already. Um, I, I don't know. I'm going to throw this to Jake to start off with. Is <laughs> Are you buying that? Is, is this guy, is this kid this good already? Look, again, hard to say. Obviously, prior to this, he had a handful of games. Obviously, I think when was it Marinovic or Sale sort of went down a couple of seasons ago, mm. um, you know, looked good. Um, obviously, had to sort of buy his time, sort of wait behind Ovi Sale before he finally made his move. And he's like, at least for me, in these six games, I think he's been the best goalkeeper in the season of the league. Sorry. Um, is that going to play over the whole season? Who knows? Like, from what I've seen, I, I haven't seen a lot of faults in his game so far. 
Um, I the, I think the one thing that maybe makes him a bit iffy is he's very, very comfortable on the ball, which is good. That can also lead to a very calamitous sort of error, you know, if it does. Sort of if we haven't out. seen it, it's working. You know, the mm. the thing about him, so you go through the main boxes. So the, the main thing for him, which you look at him immediately, you think, oh, he's too small. Like, yeah. you know, maybe that's going to hurt him down the line. But then you see the way he commands his box on crosses, free kicks, and you just go, okay, well, clearly the height isn't a problem, you know. Um, and then... Obviously, the penalty saves, um, and it was the. Oh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to quickly just go back and remind which penalty save was it? Not the uh, McLaren one. It Adam was Taggart. Adam Taggart against Perth. Adam Taggart, that's right. And someone made a great point. To, I saw to win them the game, by the way. Like, to win them the game, and someone made a great point where Holson kind of made Taggart's mind up for him almost with his movement along the line um, for that penalty and how late he actually dived. And you just think, you know, a keeper his age to already be doing that. And let's not forget, keepers develop later. You know, that's just that's just the way things are. Um, and he's 21 and he's already doing like high level stuff like that is kind of insane. But your point around him being comfortable on the ball, that actually, he's the fundamental reason why Wellington, you know, I was looking at Weston on Saturday and Weston tried to press high and they try to be aggressive because I do think if you're playing Wellington, you cannot let them breathe in their half because I don't think, and Wellington fans are probably going to hate on me for saying this, but if you literally look at their players on paper, it's not like you've got centre-backs who are well-known for their ball-playing ability. You've got three, we, we've spoken about this, I believe, I think on a previous podcast. You've got three sixes in there. Now, Alex Roof is a good player on the ball. I think I think Pennington's decent on the ball. Altay's decent on the ball, but... They're not like your traditional press resistant, you know, midfielders that you would that you would class as, you know, in the upper echelons of the league in terms of, you know, um avoiding pressure and, you know, being able to pass out of tight scenarios and all that sort of thing. But for me, it's Paulson and his presence when they're playing out from the back because he's able to act as the extra player in possession. And when Scott Wooten's on the ball or Finn Sermon's on the ball, and they're unsure. They know they can play back to Paulson, and he's comfortable. Um, and having that is is just incredibly valuable in the A League. And we're seeing it with Macklin Freak a little bit as well uh, with Brisbane, and how far he's come along with that. He's actually been unbelievable with his ability on the ball. I think as literally a third centre back almost when Brisbane have the ball. And it's interesting because then these kind of gouchy Paulson debates started a couple of weeks ago. And one thing I can say, Alex Paulson is clear ahead of someone like Joe Gauchi is his ability on the ball. Clear. Just clear at the moment. Um, but, yeah, so I don't... Jack, yeah, do you want to... If I could just, like, touch on that. Um, well, what I'm saying with Alex Paulson and what I'm saying with, you know, successful A-League teams in general is that not necessarily a hugely talented ball-playing goalkeeper, but a goalkeeper that is comfortable and, like, just press resistant doesn't give off a lot of errors leading to goal which Wellington as a team have only given up one error leading to goal um this season it is is hugely valuable in this league um the most successful team in the last five years in the a leagues uh, without you know winning you know huge amount of grand finals has been Melbourne City and in the sticks for Melbourne City for the majority of that time has been Tom Glover and Tom Glover, whilst he had his moments 
in the ball. You know, there was some errors. Uh, the one that sticks out to me is that one against Adelaide United where he just chipped the ball straight to an attacker. Um, he was, you know, relatively comfortable on the ball. And, and, and that's a really crucial thing to have. And I don't think when you were touching on the midfielders there, it's not necessarily having press-resistant uh, press midfielders to play to. Um, it's also about having a system that involves a lot of different players and not having one linchpin or one outlet in that sector of the field. You're seeing players like Lucas Kelly, um, Heald and Tim Payne press a little bit higher than they have in previous seasons and enter the midfield more often to to assist in keeping possession. Mm-hmm. And and Alex Polson is having the confidence to step up in between the two centre backs and act as another ball player there because when they first of all very rarely turn it over um to teams and allow them to get on a transitional counterattack. And you know, I think there's just a lot of confidence in to his credit, Italiano's system. And yes, of course Polson is an insanely talented keeper. I mean twenty five Saves made so far this season, 14 inside the box, 11 outside the box. You've got two penalty saves already. He's making 4.2 saves a game at an 86% click, which is, like, absolutely amazing. But Can he keep also, this up? Can he actually keep this up? Well, I, I don't know if he can keep up the shot-stopping ability. I mean, this could just be a very big purple patch. But I think that you have to credit Italiano and his system whilst Paulson is playing ridiculously well in between the sticks and also winning them games between there, I think that Wellington, apart from maybe the match against Brisbane, have shown that they're very they're, they're, you can't break them down very easily. And that's something that I think is a point of but difference. Yeah, and but 100%. And what's interesting about that is, as a goalkeeper in that sort of system, you know, Wellington have got multiple leaders, I think, in their team. You know, Alex Rufa, Scott Wooten, even Costa Barbarusis is a different type of leader, I feel. But Alex Polson is a leader in the sense that to be a goalkeeper in a system like that where you're basically, you pride yourself on your defensive work and to be that young and try and command the respect of your defense around you is kind of another challenge in itself. And you see it with... I mentioned this when we were talking about Linton a few weeks ago, like the way these guys are like celebrating blocks and like every time Paulson makes like a, you know, it, there was even, you know, if they're, if they're one nil up and it's a dying stages and Paulson claims the ball and Wooten's getting around him and it's like this huge kind of, you know, we trust in this guy, we trust in this kid um, and we pride ourselves on our defensive work. But for him to just slot in and, be the linchpin of that because really let's face it you take a lot of his saves out of these games and Wellington season is probably is probably on a little bit of a different trajectory right now you know like that's just reality um but he's their identity is a defensive one and it's working and his ability to protect his own net is kind of the linchpin of that a little bit as well um you know, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long you get this going, but like the the thing which I just feel like we had to discuss him is because it just seems like every week at the moment there's like a big Alex Polson moment, like, oh, he saved the penalty or, oh, what a save from, you know, this 30-yard strike or, you know, 
double save here, whatever it is. Um, and it's even more special in because it's, you know, let's face it, a goalkeeper who I think in New Zealand football circles, in Wellington football circles, very well known, very understood that he would be a keeper who was going to come on leaps and bounds. But I do think in Aussie football circles, on, you know, even like, you know, in, in the New South Wales, Victoria, South wherever, I don't think we saw this coming at all. Um, and you could say that's ignorance from a lot of people, and I'd probably agree. Um, but at the same time, like, it just makes it even more kind of stunning, you know? Um, Caden, what about, what about you? What are you seeing with Alex Polson? Cause you mentioned him in your points as well. Yeah, I mean, you guys, I agree with everything you guys said. He's just an unbelievable player at the moment. I do think he probably is just in a bit of a purple patch, and I think he will revert to the mean a bit. But even his average level, I think, is still up there with one of the best goalkeepers in this league at the moment. Um, and, yeah, especially his passing game. It's much better than Joe Gauchi's and much better than a lot of goalkeepers in the league. Um, just going back to that Western United game, one thing I noticed was his ability to play the accurate long ball, which, which got them out of a lot of press mm. trouble. Um, and it could, especially when you've got a striker like, uh, Oscar Zavada, that's just going to come in beneficial yeah, well, if you're getting pressed mm. out. If you're getting pressed out and under pressure, if you can just yep. get one to him, lay it off and then, that's and you, just just quickly. That's how they killed Brisbane because exactly. you know we know Brisbane. We know they want to press high, and I already mentioned we yeah when we spoke about Wellington about Zavada and how important he is for this. But as a goalkeeper for Wellington, you got to be able to hit those long balls. In they're not long balls. They're they're long passes, and you got to be able to find Zavada. You got to be able to find a Barbarusas to his feet or a Kriev. You know, so you can beat the press as well, and he's shown that he can do that. Anyway, you were saying, yeah, and um, just on on that, uh, statistically, he's in he's averaging eight point five accurate long balls per ninety, so that uh, which puts him in the eighty five eighty fifth percentile of goalkeepers in the A League. So that's mm. just another really strong part of his game. I think he's being overlooked. Hundred percent, um, and. Yeah, I mean, just some of the, yeah, you know, the size per game. Um, and he's, I just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I, 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 I if just... we're actually, actually, no, that's what I was going to do. I've, I've remembered what I was going to talk about is what I mentioned at the start, you know, is he the best keeper in the league? So let's go through it just real quick because you got Paulson and Wellington. Okay. Let's, I'll, I'll, you know, Jake, I'll ask you. Let's just go like, you know, yes or no, essentially. So, Paulson or Lawrence Thomas right now? Far out. I, okay. Just, 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 just don't, 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 don't think about it. Like, quick answer. Form, form, I'm taking Alex Paulson. Just give me I, just give me a yes or no for Alex Paulson being better than these keepers. Yeah? Right. Like, current form, yes. Yeah. yeah. Just, just do yes or no. Okay. All right. So, Lawrence so Thomas, I, I, yes. I have a lot of respect for Lawrence Thomas. I think he's a top <laughs> <player>. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> no one's saying that. No one's saying that. Just give me a yes or no. All right. So, Lawrence Thomas, yes. Philip Curto? Yes. Macklin Freak? Yeah, everyone. everyone. He's, he's the best. No, no, but I'm, I'm literally, I just want to show the viewers just so, yes. so we can go through it. So it doesn't seem so outrageous when we yes. actually go through it. Joe Gauchi? Yes. Um, Paul Izzo? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jamie Young, let's not even bother. Uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew Redman? 
Mm-hmm. Ryan Scott, I think, yes. Uh, Cameron Cook. Doing well, but no. He's, he's, he's yeah. there yet. No. Um, he's like Danny Vukovic. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, then Tom Tom Hewitt-Bell, yes. I mean, right now, on current form, yeah, he is the best keeper in the league. Um, I mean, <laughs> overall, I mean, that's, that's the thing. is Someone like Gauchi's probably been more consistent over, like, the last, you know, couple seasons. So you can still... And Lawrence Thomas, we were talking off here, has still been really good. And he started the season well. So you have to factor that in. Um, but, I mean, Jamie Young and Andrew Redman, for example, have had these huge regressions. So I don't think they're in the conversation anymore. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's just come out of nowhere um, and been absolutely sensational. Um, any other stats you want to throw at us, Caden? Because you've got some really, some really interesting stats. Even, you know, um, just, um, yeah, like his passing accuracy is at 78%, for example. Uh, his accuracy in his own half is 88%. Um, at the moment as well, which kind of speaks to what we're talking about. Um, with this, with this ability to play out. Um, yeah, Caden. Well, yeah, I guess the another one that sticks out for me is errors leading to goal, and he's on zero for that. He hasn't made an error yet. That's led to a goal. Mm. Uh, he's preventing, prevented. Wait, sorry, goals conceded zero point six seven per ninety. So. Under a goal a game. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, we basically have covered everything else. He's just in unbelievable form at the moment. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we've run out. We've run out of superlatives. Yeah, yeah we've we done it. There's run literally run nothing else to say. Well, <laughs> just like, I, yeah, just even beyond stats, but I think in a way it explains the stats. Like, this kid is just confident. Like, he's came in, you know, as a young goalkeeper. You know, a lot of, you know, players can maybe sort of, you know, shy away from it, fear away from sort of that, you know, the pressure, but. Mm. The, the the way he just came in, you know, simply just let you know experienced attackers sprint towards him, play perfect balls. Like you, you just don't see these things. I think that's the thing that just struck me. Like he just oozes confidence, and I just love that in a player. But but it's not necessarily to where he's arrogant, maybe, but just very very confident in his abilities. He knows what he can do. You know, he's he's only what borderline six foot, claiming you know just crosses wherever you know, they it, are. It, Unbelievable. <laughs> People are gonna understand where I'm coming from when I say this. When I look at Paulson, his physic and I'm a Chelsea fan, remember this. His physical profile reminds me a lot of Kepa, Ariza Balaga. Like from a standpoint, just the way he's built and his size and his height. Obviously <laughs> and, and here and here, here comes people like going like, Oh, what the fuck? Like, you know, he's not Kepa and stuff like that, you know, this, that, and the other. Listen, if you know, he follows that sort of trajectory and he ends up going to Europe and playing for a massive club. Like, you know, I think you'd take that. Which leads to my next point. Where could we see Alex Paulson in 12 months? Like, is he someone who... Because, again, we go back to the goalkeeper thing. Like, you look at Gauchi, for example, and he's been consistently really good. But I think one thing he's made a really smart decision is to kind of... And for sure, you know, and I don't know for sure, but you'd have to think there would have been a lot of European interest in Joe Gauchi. But... You think he's made that decision to go, listen, I want to, you know, establish myself in the A-League, play a few good couple of seasons with LA United before I think about overseas. So do you think Alex Paulson should follow a similar trajectory or could he maybe, you know, is he, is he ready for Europe right now? Is that just a massive knee-jerk reaction to six games of A-League football? Um, what I, what I think is, I think the, the, the last A-League goalkeeper to make a move to Europe is Tom Glover, who's at Middlesbrough now. So 
I guess we have to we have to decide whether we think Alec uh, Alex Paulson is a better uh, keeper than Glover. Um, but it I depends think, on the situation, though. He goes exactly. to right. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think he is better with his feet than Glover, and like we said, and I think that's like the most important thing when you want to go move to Europe because basically every club in Europe is playing with a keeper. With a sweeper keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he definitely could go to like a championship slide, side yes. now. Um, he, he might not start right away, but I think he could definitely be like a backup. Yeah, but then that's the decision you have to make as a keeper, yes. right? Because his age. Exactly, yeah. yeah, because do you want to go essentially to your in 12 months' time if he keeps on like this? I mean, this is all with that massive hypothetical of can he keep this up? But if you do that, then are you going to go to a club and be a backup, a young backup and learn from a more experienced, you know, keeper a bit more and keep growing in a more professional, more, not more professional, but a more, um, a high quality environment in a, in a bigger league? Or yeah. do you stick it out? You know, do you, do you basically become one of the best keepers in this league for two years and then at the age of 23, 24, go and move and be a first team keeper somewhere else? I always but, think that's a better option, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think you should stay here. And I think if he stays here, it will help cement his spot as the number one for New Zealand. And with a 48-team World Cup coming up next, I think they could be in a really good spot to play in that World Cup, which will get a lot of eyes on Yeah, that, as he's older. That's right. And that's we should mention this is that, you know, New Zealand could potentially have their their number one locked in for, for the next ten years if this keeps going. And that's why the Gauchi Polson comparisons are really interesting because, you know, there's a bigger picture thing here where Gauchi could be the Socceroos keeper for, you know, X amount of years and across the Tasman, Alex Polson is uh is is donning the gloves for, for the all whites. Uh, Jack. Just to um also add to that conversation. I think there's a, a a big difference. You sort of drew the comparisons to Joe Gouch and Alex Paulson in terms of their trajectory and, and how likely they are to represent both their national teams. Alex Paulson has the benefit that they're, you know, really in terms of keepers coming through and, and keeper traffic in the All-Whites team. I mean, in the next international break, New Zealand would be silly not to to give him minutes, I think. I think they'd be silly not to try and, uh, if not just early on, get him involved in the squad in terms of a game day experience. Um, Whilst Gauchi, and this is a point of difference, I think there's still a bit of goalkeeper traffic that he has to overcome as well. So, you know, you've got Mm. Paulson who, you know, I'm not, um, he, he's looked really good in the first six games. He probably has probably a little bit more of a, I don't know, an easier transition into the international picture. Mm-hmm. And when you start playing for your national team, that's when you start getting noticed by international scouts. And that 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 you know move to a to a um European club or a club of higher quality than than Wellington Phoenix is might happen a bit quicker. And I think Alex Paulson will be do well as. Caden said to to give himself the time to to develop his game. He he's very raw at the moment, and um, 
I think that he'll do well to stay in the A-League for the next couple of seasons and nail down that international spot before he goes looking for a European move because all of a sudden, if you do go overseas, not that there's a lot of keepers in front of him in the all-white squad and he's not getting considerable minutes, there there will be people saying, well, why should he get minutes if he's not playing senior football? And, you know... Joe Gauci, even if he does get a move to Europe, is not guaranteed minutes for the Socceroos. And that's the the big difference I just wanted to like point out in terms of both these young keepers, you know, seemingly rising through the A-League ranks and putting some good performances together. Yeah, of course, Alex Polson has been um, on the bench for, for the All-Whites multiple times. Um, but yeah, he's yet to make, he's yet to make his senior debut. Um, mainly has been involved with the under 23s. Um, so yeah, I mean, for sure, you know, you'd think now there's, there's a pathway for him, uh, to, to get, uh, yeah, to get his first international start for sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's leave that there. Anything you guys want to add on this discussion? Apart from just saying, how the hell is this guy this good? I'll just say one quick thing about the New Zealand uh, yeah. goalkeeping spot is uh, I wonder how Ollie Sale's feeling now, getting making his big move and he's stuck behind 22-year-old Cam Cook at the moment. I wonder what he's thinking as he sits on the And Wellington are not missing him at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough if you're Ollie Sale at the moment. Tough. Um, all right, let's, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we're back, we've got... Uh, yeah, we got something we got something fun uh planned. Okay. So this next bit, we're going to try and make sense of what happened on Saturday night between between Sydney FC and Perth Glory. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with a little story actually. I was just thinking about this. So I had a mate come over to watch the game, uh Sydney Perth. Now he came Got to mine about half an hour into the game. So half an hour into the game, right? Then obviously, so watch the rest of the first half. It's like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of football. And then bang, delay. You know, game doesn't start till he had to be up early the next morning. So he, <laughs> he went before the game restarted. He literally came to watch 15 minutes of football. Hence was how crazy that delay was. Um, so. Just to put that in context, so we had not only did we have the lightning strike, not only was it, you know, like just a, a bit of a lack of transparency over, you know, like is this game going ahead? Is what's going on here? Then there was some brief discussion about do Sydney are we going to start it at two nil with forty five minutes to go at a later date and all this sort of stuff. Then we've got the cove, you know, just just kind of taking their shirts off and singing in the rain for like two hours straight um, or however long the delay was. Honestly, like I, I lost track. Like I don't even know how long it was in the end. Then we got Daniel Garb stealing the show on, on Paramount Plus. Build um, the man a statue. Build the man a statue for this performance alone. Um, and I mean, he, he stumbled across this this Texas native who's down to watch the uh, Sydney Perth game and uh, you know I guess cool little interview um, you know just standard peak A-League moment chuck that one in the archives um, and then 
we've got Daniel Garb trying to talk about, you know, the weather and the forecast, and he's got his uh, phone up, and then the phone. What what happened, Jack? The phone. It, it went to sleep. It went to sleep. It as went to he sleep was... mid broadcast. Like <laughs> mid broadcast. Okay, it's so that's a rookie hilarious. error. Like you got to go into your settings <laughs> and you got to turn off like the auto dim. Like, come hey. on, mate. Hey, we won't hear a bad word about Daniel Garber. Right? Yeah, no, the fair. fact that he, he managed to string together a good 10 to 15 minutes worth of genuine like content off the cusp. Like, honestly, put him in the writer's room, Paramount Plus, get him get him to Hollywood. He, he, get, get him, get I want to know who found the I want to know who found the American fan. I'm I did, look, like, come on. Credit credit to Daniel Garber. Hey, look. They might come out and say, oh, yeah, it was pre-planned. You know, we, we, we had this, you know, all lined up. It was going to be a part of our halftime show. But it's also extremely likely, if not equally likely, that um, Daniel Garb was walking around the pitch talking to people and just noticed this guy had an American accent. And if so, again, build the man a statue. I just like, who who comes up with this stuff? All right. Daniel Garb needs just an hour-long panel show where it's just him interviewing random people. Whether it's football fans, roaming, roaming Daniel, yeah, exactly. Just getting, get him on the, get him on the beat, get him on the street, talking to people. Who's, about a, the who's a better roamer, Daniel Garb or Michael Zapponi? Oh, nah, it's got to be Garby, surely. Zapponi, I can't remember what game it was. It was like, it was at the start of the season. I think it was after City beat Sydney. I think so. I think it was after Rio Vidmar's first game, and 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 Michael Zapponi did a bit of roaming. Roaming zappers, and he did. Uh, he asked Callum Talbot why he likes pineapple on pizza or something like that. And it was, uh, yeah, I-, I don't know what was going on, but you know, there's 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 been some there's been some adventure in in this space uh, uh, this I, year. I think that I think the the crucial thing that made that I mean somewhat entertaining and bearable that that long break was that um, Daniel Garb, even though he obviously anyone who you know, reads or listens or, or watches any of his like nuanced football views. He's a very serious journalist. He also doesn't take himself too seriously and he can have fun on the sidelines. Yeah, he's like and you. I don't take myself the least least bit seriously. That's, and, that's and, the, uh, and also, <laughs> I take that as a compliment. To, to be compared to Daniel Garb, you know, it's a privilege and an honor. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so Daniel Garb's basically cooking. Um, how do we rate the the uh the the interview with the american fan thoughts cringy or or big thumbs up i'll give this a i didn't watch it so i only saw the memes afterwards which is so i was just hearing all wait hang on okay did you rage quit and go to sleep with the when the delay hit no i didn't go to sleep but i just alt tabbed and muted and was like checking Twitter every like twenty minutes, and it just said it was said like, "Oh, kickoff's gonna be nine thirty, and it said kickoff's gonna be ten o'clock," and it just kept progressively being pushed back by half an hour. I was about to uh, rage quit, and I saw in our group chat, Antonius is like, "It's back on," so I struggled through my need for sleep, and I watched the last half of the game. Yeah, there you but go. I guess we will never find out if Max Burgess is the LeBron James of soccer. Like, um, yeah, according to the Texas fan, I'm not sure what he said, but we'll see. He, he's like, I, what was it? Like his first oh, game yeah, when he no, came, 
Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think he, yeah, he watched the derby and he said Max Burgess was like his favorite player by far. He absolutely loved him and stuff. And I, I saw recently he actually met him as well. Which is yeah, just, I did, I, that's why. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Imagine being be- Max Burgess, just being like, yeah, there's this like there's this guy in Texas who came once to watch Sydney and like, yeah, you're the one that he's, you know, like you're in and out of the Sydney team. You know, we all know that. We all know that you're probably not a top three player of Sydney FC, but listen, this guy half halfway across the world, he he's you're his guy. All right. Well, I know he's not the only one halfway across the world who rates Max Burgess. There's a fellow A League podcaster, Nick Stoll, who's I think Max Burgess super fan. So um, there you go. So yeah, maybe just opinion. Max Burgess is more liked as a player abroad than he is at home. I like Max Burgess, so I will abstain from voting. Yeah, but fair enough. I think he's a good player, Max Burgess. Yeah. Um. And then, so the game returns. Somehow, I don't. What was the What was the restart time like? Or ten thirty or something? Lost track of time. It was, it was like, what ten thirty their time or yeah yeah ten thirty our time me and John's time so, yeah. yeah I remember I remember saying because well, obviously we're, we're texting as this was happening and I said like how shit if you were media at that game and the press conferences afterwards like you probably got home at one honestly I mean yeah it would have been horrendous yeah but that just takes you back to the women's World Cup when you have to wait now for post game yeah 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 just don't oh pit- PTSD. Um, yeah, like just insane. And then the game itself, when it returned, <laughs> was just chaos ball. Like, I don't think any team wanted to defend at all. It almost felt like both teams were kind of like, why the hell are we back out here? Um, let's just get through this and I don't know, like, just make it open and see who can score more. I don't know, man. It was just so much going on. Um, such a weird situation. And let's face it, this is the only league in the world that can do it. It has to be. You never Listen, sure. you never see this in the, I don't know, just pick your league. You never see it. Never. Uh, well, well, you have, you have the, Prem- the Premier League like loves itself too much to like sort of be like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always trying to be too professional. I hate that. Like, let's just be real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's just make it real. Let's just grab some random fan from Texas, talk, just get him on the stage talking about Max Burgess for half an hour. Like, wait, what? Like, that is unbelievable. Like, how, like, how can you even create that? You know what I mean? Unbelievable. What if, what if, what if, what if Daniel Garb just like started just pressing the fan on like some of his opinions? Like, just like, so this guy's yeah, like, yeah, Max Burgess own, and stuff, and it's like... Podcast going on half-time. So yeah, it's just like... What's your hot take of the season? <laughs> what do you think of what's, Max What's your half-baked take what about Sydney FC Max right Burgess now? Burgess' injury proneness over the last few years of his career? Yeah. yeah, and then it's just like, what? You know, like, you just press him on the Max Burgess stuff and be like, like, why? Why Why on earth is Max Burgess your, your favourite player? And like you're just yeah, putting wow. him on the spot, and all of a sudden the interview just like just gets out of hand. Um, but <laughs> nah, listen. In all seriousness, credit to Daniel Garb handled the situation very well. Very bizarre situation. Um, and I mean, credit to the Texan as well. Yeah, like you know, like 
look, I found it a little bit cringy. I don't know why. I just think, <laughs> I just think like, it, like it's kind of what Jake said, where it was like it just like happened to maybe hear like some guy with an American accent and maybe just stumbled across it. But you know, that's football, I guess, in a nutshell. In that interview, um, and I guess it was kind of a cool insight to see that you know the A League will every now and then have an international fan at a game. Uh, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe at uh, Campbelltown tonight, there was someone from, I don't know, England watching MacArthur Adelaide United. I don't, I don't, you know, who knows? Yeah, you, you just can't rule it out. What, uh, what else did you make of this craziness? Oh, well, just to chuck it a quick at it, because this game, I, I, like, I, like, I, I think I've dreamed everything. It was ridiculous. So, so the first half was just, you know, sort of a typical first half. Sydney press like crazy. Um, grab, able to grab two goals. Obviously, Perth actually played. Perth started well, well the first yeah, twenty, really and well then they just Perth. They, then they just, you know, classic Perth basically. Yeah. And then yeah, that second half plays. It got to a point, yeah, when there was sort of, I think, a second or a third delay. I'm like, you know, what stuff is. I got on Fortnite with my boys because we hadn't got a win in the uh, in the OG Fortnite. It was the final night. Like we need to get a win. We Jake should be showing win. his age now. It was unbelievable. Like, it was. You know, I have to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a Gen Z. Um and yeah, and, and like sort of as all of this is playing out, we're getting our first dub. I'm sort of seeing some random Texas fan get on there. I'm like, you know, this is actually this is really really nice. Like in the background as I'm sort of playing, got the win, and then but and then I'm like, yeah, like like I'm trying to adjust from. Playing Fortnite to like watching the A League, which is just a very weird thing to do. Let's just say that. And then just, I don't know what was going on. It was like Sydney just completely forgot how to press. Well, like, like, was even, I just don't even know what was going on. It was just unbelievable. You know, you had Taggart grab that goal. Kolokovsky was missing open goals. Then we had, you know, you know Cameron Cook, by the way, unbelievable performance. Mm. Some top songs. I think he, I think I just had a look. I think the most saves in a game for like the past two or three seasons. Unbelievable. Really? You know, I think that's, Something that's sort of been blown, probably because of how crazy the game was, but mm. you know, how good he was. But yeah, then you had like an Oli Bazanich screamer at the end of the game as well to somehow try to bring them back. And the artery, but it had everything. The peak A-League, peak A-League. Peak A-League. And so three hours, 35 minutes, it clocks in at. Um, <laughs> that's going to be the longest ever, sure. It was, yeah, I'm thinking that it was the... Sydney's, it was Sydney's longest game on record for sure. Yeah. Um, it was the other game last season, wasn't it? MacArthur and Central. Yeah, they spoke about it on commentary. I think the record was like three hours and 49 minutes. That was from an A-League game last season. Yeah, so, I think it was the Central Coast MacArthur game. Yeah, like, it was a MacArthur game, I think it was, yeah. More A-League. We have the records where it counts in the A-League. Yeah, well, that's right. You know, we've got the unique records. That's what people don't understand. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, we've got the records where no one is looking for those records, you know? Hmm. We even had like a game that went for 286 days after the Melbourne Melbourne riot last year's season as well. So we've got Jesus we've got Christ. a ton. We've got a like, ton. Like oh, just we just like completely just forget about this stuff. Like, it's just there's just too much to remember. It's just <laughs> some of the, I think people. I love how I love how Caden just had to dampen the whole podcast by reminding us all of that. We're, we were Caden. We were just getting into the final days of of erasing it from our brain. Yeah, well, it's a record we should be proud of, I think. It's, uh, but this no one, one, we should definitely be proud of. Oh, well, Sydney, Sydney FC that. fans, Sydney FC fans should wear this as a badge of honour. That, that's that's my that's my concluding take from all of this. Oh, for sure, especially the code for seeing non-stop for those two. No, nah, honestly, hours. yeah, honestly, fair play. That was that was actually really cool. 
we just there's more stuff we need in the A-League when you see I don't know if you guys saw Jackson Irvine played in the Hamburg derby in the pouring snow and it was still a sold out crowd and then mm. over here in the A-League we don't get crowds when it's a little bit wet so I think it's just yeah but that, how, this could open a whole can of worms around yeah. just 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 yeah mentality exactly. towards sport I think in Australia when it comes to you know exactly. so, weather but anyway yeah something we should be aiming for in the future mm. I think yeah yeah um yeah and like for the for the guy from Texas like I mean holy shit he's got a story now when he goes back home <laughs> um, so there you go and it's like yeah, and you know, and he's like, he's in his American accent, like telling his friends, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, and then the reporter like pulled me aside, and I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm not that interesting. Like, is that what he's gonna say? I don't know. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> credit to Sydney FC's socials. Uh, were really good. I thought throughout this, and there was a full time. <laughs> I was laughing at the full time post. Not even like any literally just two words, bedtime when they post the full time graphic. Um which is well, kind of something. I was actually really. thinking there as well. It was like imagine if this was a Perth home game. Because well, let's say seven PM kickoff there. Yeah, well fucking pe- people in Perth didn't give a fuck about the delay, did they? Because it was still seven thirty where they were. No, but if if it's Perth, like think about it. the game starts at what, seven, goes for three hours. Hmm. You mean, yeah, if it was a Perth home game, so usually like 10 o'clock Eastern or 9.30 Eastern. Yeah, so we, we'd be going to 1 a.m. So, 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 so to all, all the Euro snobs saying, oh, I stay up till 2 a.m., you know, to watch the Premier League, mate. You know, <laughs> if, if, if that happened in a hypothetical world, you know, we've got that too. We've got that too. Mate, just, you know, this is the, the, this is the type of stuff which you just can't get from the Premier League. Okay. It's as simple as that. All right. You know? Lightning strikes, game delays, you know, lack of <laughs> lack of transparency around when a game's going to resume. You know, you just don't get that in a in in other leagues. All right, so the, you know, the, the, uh, the most you get is oh, Harland was upset about this one call that wasn't made. Like, like who cares? Who cares? You know, I don't, I don't, listen, listen, I don't care about your city Tottenham three all draws. All right, like you know, like all right, no, all right, I care about it a little bit. Let's be honest, but. Oh. Come on, I don't care about it's an it on alien this level. Podcast, and we're showing sympathy. For no, the no, 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 no. I don't care about it on this level. Like, listen, I have to weigh it up: six goal thriller between City or Sp- and City and Spurs at the Eddie had, or a league game delayed by two hours with a runtime of three and a half hours. Listen, I know which one I'm selecting. All right, the yeah, league game. Don't need to say it. It's it's it should be common knowledge. Everyone everyone should know. It's 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 the a league game. I mean. Simple, really. All right, we're talking. We're talking gibberish now. Anyone, Caden? <laughs> any, any other thoughts on this? No, not really. Yeah, no, not really either. Uh, listen, you know what I think? Next year, I want to see the Texas guy back. I want to see him back. I want to see him at an league game, and I want to do Daniel Garb. And by the way, did we even catch his name? Do you guys remember? I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's on Twitter. So I, I, I saw it somewhere. So. I, I can't give the thing right, right. on my head, but he's all right. But I want like I, I'm like I want an annual. You know what I want? An annual once a season interview with like an international fan, which just is like no context, and it's just like Zaponi or Garb or someone just pulling aside some international fan, and it's like you know. To be fair, it is kind of like just a good kind of promotional tool, I guess, for the league. So yeah, now nah, 
fascinating, fascinating stuff. And then let's not forget, by the way, and I think we're going to talk about it in a moment, but the Brisbane Wanderers game, of course, kick off the lane. So, like, it was just bizarre. Um, you know, go, listen, I think the winners out of all this, um, possibly climate change advocates, maybe. Are they are they like the winners from 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 this from this weekend of A League action? I don't, I'm not too sure. Maybe they're the biggest winners. Um, all right, <laughs> let's uh let's uh let's just quickly go over some uh some games that we didn't touch on um from the weekend. So I just mentioned that Brisbane Wanderers game. Okay, two all draw. We you already mentioned the Hendrick stuff at the beginning. Wanderers came from two 0 down. How did you uh, how did you see it? Well, yeah, I think it's definitely was two points dropped for by Brisbane uh, FC. They really should have closed this one out. Um, they played really well. The goal, first goal for Brisbane, really should have been saved by Lawrence Thomas. Got beaten at his near post um, by Nikola Milayusnic, who has quietly been having a pretty good season for as a centre forward slash. Slash right winger for Brisbane. Um, and yeah, I think the main takeaways of this game are definitely, um, Miller his ability, Jack King get played well, got his, I think it's like his fourth goal in 200 and something games or something like that. So, and then yeah, as I said at the top of the show, just Garrett Henry, Hendricks, such a key player for Western Sydney at the moment, especially with the, departure of Brandon Brello. Um Brandon Brello, he's just was one won a lot of tackles for them in the midfield and then when he had to drop down into centre back for the last fifteen minutes or so of the game, he he kept them in it by pulling up a few blocks. Um and yeah. It was a good game and now bit of news today. I don't know if we want to get too deep into that uh, Marco Rudin could be on the way out, potentially linked to a Japanese club overseas. So yeah, we saw that rumor. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, only a rumor at this stage, but yeah, it definitely could be something that may hinder Western Sydney if he does end up moving uh, mm. mid-season. Yeah, we we'll have to we'll have to see if there's any uh, further updates with with that. Definitely seems like just a yeah, just just some chatter, I guess, at the moment. Um, um, one last thing, it was good to see the. Debut of Shay Cahill, Tim Cahill's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, just another good storyline for Australian football. Yeah, absolutely. And I mentioned Marcus Yunus well. at the top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Who, yeah, Jake's like, listen, you got to shout out my young ballers. What yeah, the hell? Get him in there. Um, <laughs> get him. <laughs> um, and Milanovic as well. Um, with the goal. Uh, yeah. funny thing as well was Miluzinic's goal. Um, usually 99 times out of 100 in that position, he like blazes it over the bar or hits a side netting or like just gets it completely wrong, drags it wide the other way. But this time he found the near post. So good on him. Um, for, for scoring on that occasion. All right. Um, another game, Mariners victory. Um, was really exciting. I already mentioned the Fornaroli goal at the start. Nishan Valupale scored a great goal too. He's been tremendous so far this season. Absolutely sensational. Uh, Ali Kowal scoring, even though it wasn't, you know, a goal which maybe he had to do much about, you know, was still, it's really good for his confidence to see him scoring. He's definitely seems to be finding his feet a bit more, you know, and watching that, well, the Mariners more this, what's that, Caden? Or is it could be depressing by him as well. True, it's a good point. Um, and the more you watch the Mariners, I think we got to understand that Kowal's got a lot to do in this team. Like, you know, it's not like they had 
last year where Tulio's playing a little bit deeper. Cummings with with Cummings and Tulio last year, you kind of had those two kind of outlets where Qual, you know, he kind of has to be this focal point a little bit more. Um, because he's really playing on the last defender. You know, sometimes they try and use him as an outball when he has to use his hold up play a bit more. And he, you know, he's still young. So it's yeah, it's it's not an easy role for him, I think, when you really delve deep, uh, delve deeper into it uh, for, for Ali Kowal this year. But look, he's he's getting the goals. It's good. Um, and yeah, Franco Lino playing for victory was good to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, victory, that's four draws in a row. Uh, so yeah, draw FC at the moment, uh, Melbourne victory. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's just a strange, It's it's one of those ones where you want to kind of wait and see with them but yeah like if i'm tony popovich i want wins and i want them soon uh because you know i don't want any chatter about you know have 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 we improved much from last season or you know is this gonna is this a season where it's just gonna peter out or you know i don't know it's it's too early to get into that sort of talk but victory need to get wins on the board um newcastle melbourne city uh i don't know if either of you want to kind of give your thoughts on this one because uh interesting game uh, Newcastle showing, um, you know, how abysmal they can be, um, and really taking that to a whole new level. Um, and Melbourne City, I guess, just with a standard kind of three points on the road. Oh, well, to be fair, I wouldn't have to say it's actually standard season. I actually probably expected, not gonna lie, uh, Newcastle to potentially take this one. Yeah, I think we've sort of Melbourne City with the amount of traveling they've done. I think, you know, Newcastle sure. have shown promise. I think I, I actually, you know, potentially saw maybe an upset on the scars, but, you know, City played well. You know, sort of, you know, took advantage of you, um, Newcastle. I think, especially, you know, shout out to young Ben Mazio. I think everyone was quite surprised to see him sort of, sort of start, and he was able to grab that early goal there and sort of. You know, I, I said this to you guys when he came off the bench against Wellington. I actually thought he was awful, um, and he, I was kind of like, he missed that one great chance, like, like off the follow up from the. Yeah, no, just in general, like he just seemed like. Eh, look, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not using this to like you know give my opinion on him as a player. Absolutely not, because I thought he was really good against Newcastle, but. Yeah, but my point was more seeing him off the bench in that game really struggle and then all of a sudden he was drafted in from the start. And yeah, great performance. And I mean, it's a fantastic ball by Marin Yakulis for the first goal. Like, that's just a superb cross. You cannot place that any better. But Mazio, it's a great run. You know, gambles, back post, uh, times it perfectly. So good on him. Yeah, it, it's, it's something from sort of youth level he's done before as well. Mm. Like, like he's, I think I've seen a couple of highlights of him as well where sort of, yeah, he makes those sort of runs, the back post, you know, so it looks a bit of a promising one. And I think that's somewhere, especially, um, you know, his interest, for example, in the boo, obviously, like he's coming back now. Yeah, they're a little bit weak there. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, we maybe see him get consistent minutes. I don't expect necessarily expect him to start every single game this season, but I think, you know, with them, you know, City hopefully, you know, progressing in the cup, uh, the Asian Champions League, sorry, um, yeah, maybe get some, you know, consistent minutes throughout the season. Just real quick, Caden, um, how much of a red flag was that Newcastle performance? Uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad performance there. Their back four was really poor. Their positioning was so bad in a lot of that game where they just left, left so much space open for the wingers and Janey just running to, run into the box. Um, yeah, but I mean, we kind of spoke about them last year. There's, there's just with so much going on in that club, there's not really much I can do about it at the moment. They've just got to kind of mm. get through this dark period and hopefully come out with some new owners soon. Mm. Kind of revitalize the culture. What's um 
Name me a more iconic duo than ex Sydney FC coaches and the four two two two. Um, I wonder if there's there's a more iconic um duo out there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I did not watch. Obviously, as I mentioned before, I was unavailable to watch this Macarthur Adelaide United game, which which I've now realised is the best game of the round. Great. Um, so I would both of you kind of give your thoughts on this seven goal thriller because um, seems like some classic Adelaide United chaos ball. Historically, they've actually fared a lot worse than 4-3 away to MacArthur. Um, Zach Clough scores twice. Bovelina gets on the score sheet. Good to see for him. Um, but MacArthur, man, like just just getting the results at the moment. Yeah, for sure. MacArthur started out really strong in the first kind of 20 minutes of that game. Um, you could tell, you could hear on the sidelines um, the just the Sorry, I'm just blanking on the coach of Adelaide's name. Um, uh, yeah, Carl Veer. Uh, he was most definitely pretty, it's Carl Veer. Yeah, most definitely. He was, uh, he was pretty upset, uh, with especially Isaias's performance, who ended up dragging him at halftime. Um, and yeah, I think just their defense was pretty poor. Mester came out, came on pretty well at the start of the game, got a, Got a nice little assist for the first goal of the match. And yeah, but I just think they dropped three points. They really should have closed this game out. They were, I mean, I'm sure Jake will go into it, but they really, they had a goal lead with about 15 minutes to go. And on their corners that they won, they were just sending their whole team up to score when they just needed to defend and close that game out. Mm. Yeah. And I guess that's uh, just quickly, Jake, like this kind of speaks to obviously me and Antonis being here in, in Adelaide and covering this team closely and just kind of speaks to this. This is the downside to the youth, the, the youth approach, right? Um, and you're going to get these moments where you're three, two up on the road. There's 15 minutes to go. And if someone like Isaias is not going to perform and be the leader that you need, then kind of the world around you is going to crumble a little bit because you don't have guys who can stand up and, and, and get the job done and see it through, like you're saying, Caden. So, yeah, Jake, what did you see? Yeah, that, that, that was just truly baffling. Like, I think it, it's not even experience. I think it's just simply just knowledge of football. Like, you're 3-2 up. Why would you put... I think they only had one or two players back there for that corner there, especially against a MacArthur side that's mm-hmm. known for their you know, counter-attacking football. Really baffling stuff on that mm-hmm. there. And, Ultimately, I, I I think you know with decisions like that, you know they they they, they only did it to themselves. At the end of the day, um, I, I remember Carl Beard sort of pre, uh, post conference, uh, sort of said he didn't even think you know, side you know were in the game, which I think was a really weird comment to be fair, because I, I thought they easily could have won it. I think after that, you know, they said the first half was pretty tit for tat. Then they got that you know extra goal with Zach Clark, and you know, by the way, shout out to him, he's been brilliant this season. Um, that then yeah, the, the game was there to be won. They 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 they, they, they almost pulled a opposite of MacArthur what we've seen recently in terms of just complete, you know, they get ahead and they just fall apart. You know, we saw that, you know, the past few weeks with MacArthur and fair play in that sense to MacArthur because they've sort of sort of done an opposite there. You know, they've grabbed that goal in the counter-attack. They're able to sort of surprise them there. Then Davlo grabs that second goal there and all of a sudden, you know, you go from, yeah, down, um, you know, losing to winning, you know, within the space of two minutes. So mm. unbelievable turnaround from them, you know, to get a win. You know, in front of their fans, and you know, I think um, you know, we sort of put a post up just as before as well. They've sort of made Campbelltown a little bit of a fortress this season, which you know, played on. Good job. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting this season. Purely, purely on the pitch. Purely on the pitch. 
Purely, yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the day, that's where it matters. It, it's it's results based. You know, there's there's other many many conversations to be had in terms of the background sort of stuff going on there. But on the on the pitch, Macarthur, yeah, fair play to them. They've been brilliant. Third place now, sort of making a push. Yeah, in the uh, the Asian Cup as well. I I I don't, I don't think there'd be many people that probably expected to see this. So Mille obviously, especially every single week, yeah, I'm, I'm I definitely I'm sort of growing to it. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. So, yeah. yeah, what's Mille cooking over there? Unbelievable. Also, um, also just to good. kind of say real quick uh, in regards to their home ground being a fortress, and you say Christian off the pitch, it maybe not so much, but on the pitch it is. I think. Um, if we can continue seeing these performances on the pitch, I think that can be a big benefit to the problems mm. off the pitch. Mm. Um, which is kind of what we saw with Central Coast last season. They started mm. winning and winning. And by the end of that season, crowds were full every week. So mm. I think, yeah, we just need to see them performing well. And yeah, Davila, I think that was his best game of the season so far. I think Miller is... He's, you know, he's... Sorry, just real quick. He's just sneakily kind of going under the radar, Uli Devere, as like an actual Johnny Warren candidate, I reckon. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, I think it was a really good decision by Milos Dijovsky to leave him at home for their uh, cup game during midweek to give him that extra rest, which he needed because he's been recovering from a knock in the last couple of weeks. So, and it's paid dividends with him finishing with a goal and assist in this win. Mm. Um. We're not doing big questions because we're short on time, but one for you guys. How many goals between Adelaide United and Brisbane Raw next week? Um, because I, I, I'm not ruling out the possibility of a five all draw in that game. Like it's, 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 it's possible. I'm telling you, these two are literally just going to go. They're going to turn into a transition game. It's going to be so open. Both teams are going to press. Both teams are going to play out. They, they, neither of them knows how to defend. Neither of them knows how to hold onto a lead for more than 15 minutes, 10 minutes even. Um, just, I reckon it's just going to be total chaos ball. And I'm going to be there, which is going to be even, even better. <laughs> Should we set like an over, give us like an over under. Over unders. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's do seven goals total. Like tonight. Overs well, I'm or taking under. overs there, honestly. I'm taking overs. Well, I'll, go, I'll take the unders. I don't think it'll be that. Yeah, you got to take the under and play safe, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a really good game to watch. So, yeah, Brisbane and Adelaide being two of my favourite teams to watch this season. Mm. So, I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be really, really interesting. And, yeah, some really interesting games actually next week because we've got the Mariners and Western on Friday night. Uh, and after that, we've actually got a double header on Friday night, which is rare because it's a, there's a Perth home game but kind of cool uh don't mind some late Friday night uh, footy in the A-League and Perth City which is interesting for the city travel factor then Sydney MacArthur I mean MacArthur big kind of litmus test for them going away you know to Allianz and on Sunday to finish the round Wanderers victory which is huge um because you know victory with another tough away trip um and a real chance for them to maybe lay down a marker and make that statement. So honestly, this this round seven, like now that I've really looked at it on its totality, is really fascinating. Um, and I actually think even Wellington Newcastle is interesting because Wellington have had that success kind of playing up against you know with their backs up against the wall against teams maybe dominating the ball, but Newcastle might go there and say we're going to sit in and we're going to force you to kind of you know, uh, force the issue, essentially. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with with that kind of challenge. Um, all right, guys. 
uh, let's wrap up a bit of a condensed version of the pod, um, a little bit chaotic version of the pod. Um, but I'm, I promise you, uh, we will be much more, uh, organized, I reckon, uh, in the, in the following weeks. Uh, it's not, not always easy to, uh, to make this work, uh, you know, as, uh, as succinctly, I guess, as, <laughs> as, as we'd like to. Um, but, uh, no. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff from, from, from the boys tonight. Uh, social media. Make sure you're following us. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, threads, TikTok, Spotify on here or Apple podcasts, wherever you listen. Um, and yeah, give us some feedback as well as always. And, uh, yeah, boys, anything to add before we go, Jake? Uh, Nah, I don't know. Um, it, it, it's sad to see a fallen soldier, Jack Tuhill. He's sort of um, yeah, not yeah. We would have asked. Obviously, him. Jack's had some technical difficulties. He's dropped out. Um, otherwise, he would have been all over the Newcastle stuff. I, 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 I've really missed his memes sort of to finish off his. Podcast. Yeah, you know, you know, who's happy about Jack dropping out? Trent Bahaja. Uh, he's he's pretty happy about that because because he doesn't he doesn't spray. get criticised on this pod. So, absolutely, Caden. What about you? Ah, uh, well, I got, I got told off last week for plugging my Twitter, so I won't do that again. But I will just say, yeah, it's good. I, and listen, I wasn't telling you off. It was just like, whoa, big move on debut. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll let the audience decide that. Um, but no, no, it was a good, good round of football and I had a great time tonight and looking forward to doing it again. Yeah. Honestly, round seven is, is really interesting. Yeah. Caden with just a huge power move last week with the with the with the personal personal oh, social plugs, absolutely huge. Um, I I I host I've hosted like what fifty plus episodes of this podcast. I haven't pl- plugged my personal socials once. Um, but mate, you came in and was like, I'm plugging it. So huge, huge and I stuff. will continue to do so. And I'll. <laughs> I, I I I recommend too. He he has some great takes, tactical takes and stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm backing you there, Caden. Yeah, so wow. It's, Jeez. it's in Melbourne, Melbourne allegiance. Yeah, Melbourne. yeah. We, we, we look out for this. Is this some Victorian coup d'etat that I'm like <laughs> not aware of? <laughs> All right. Uh, it's late. We're getting delirious. Um, thanks for listening in. Like I said, leave some feedback if you want. Listen to our, <laughs> if you're going to listen to anything from this podcast, listen to our discussion about that chaos on Saturday between Sydney and Perth. Um, and yeah, make sure you're watching the A League. It honestly, if I had to sum up the A-League at the moment in one one sentence, it's you never know what might happen when you watch an A-League game at the moment. So literally stay tuned at all times. Um, but yes, that's been another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast. Until next time, it's bye for now.